Hello again, witches, seekers, and friends, and welcome to the Fat Feminist Witch Podcast, the show where we do a little ranting, raving, and wand waving. I'm your host, Paige, and together we are going to explore magic and spirituality, social justice, the psychic realm, and most importantly, how to create your own magic. Hey, witches, and thanks for tuning in to episode 72 of the podcast, lovingly titled Grimoire 2 Electric Boogaloo. Now, before we get into the actual topic here, (laughs) I've seen a few people remark that they've seen this joke all over the internet, but have no idea what it's really about. So I'm here to just like completely enlighten you. Once upon a time, in the far distant 1980s, breakdancing was sweeping the nation. So of course, a film director uh, who was famous for bad movies had to make a film featuring some dancers and an incredibly goofy plot line. That film was breaking and it was horrible, like just truly bad, but not anywhere as bad uh, as its sequel, Breakin' 2, Electric Boogaloo. Just absurd. Uh, The best part (laughs) is that these movies feature none other than rapist-busting TV super cop and rapper Ice T. It's <laughs> just so bad. Um, anyway, the absurdity of the title of the sequel became a little bit more famous than the movie itself, and it's just it's just been joked about for, since the movie came out. I'm sure. Uh, so if you've never seen the movie, it's okay. I have, and I'm here to tell you that it's awful, but a really hilarious way to spend an afternoon. If you can sit through a shitty movie, I can. <laughs> Uh, Luckily, today's episode has nothing to do with Breakin' 1 or 2, but is a sort of sequel to episode 54, Grimoire, which was all about magic books. Today I'm going into more depth about what to put into your own grimoire and personalizing your practice by writing your own spells, rituals, and recipes. I'm also sharing a little bit about my newest book, The Grimoire Journal, which is currently available for pre-order. And I'm going to be sharing with you a recipe for a balm, B-A-L-M, that you can make to help you through Mercury Retrograde, as well as how to um, create a meditation from scratch, just from simple ideas. So if you've always been dreaming of creating this beautiful artistic family grimoire or book of shadows, like the ones you've seen in Practical Magic or Charmed, you are not alone. (laughs) We definitely talked about it in the previous episode. I still dream of the day that I can afford a big old leather bound situation with real parchment pages and just filled with pressed herbs and leaves and wax. (laughs) Just cool stuff, right? But the truth is, what I really need from a grimoire is a space to write in what all of those herbs and colors and correspondences mean specifically to me and to my practice. Everything else is just extra. There's nothing wrong with copying information from expert sources into your grimoire, naturally. Uh, But in my experience, once you do that, a lot of that information just kind of disappears from your mind. You know, it becomes a task that you've completed, so it doesn't need to take up a lot of space in your memory. Um, In the intro to the Grimoire Journal, I share a little bit about my first book of shadows, which was a big white binder in which I used exclusively sparkly purple gel pen. I printed pages stuff. I glued stuff in. I I filled it up like this. This binder was huge. Um, And then it just sat there, you know, I was still new to witchcraft. So it's not like I was in a position to be casting big spells or even buying ingredients. I was still fairly young. So that info wasn't 
useless. But that book didn't really fit what I needed. Unfortunately, that piece of history <laughs> got ruined in a flood. Uh, I've showed off my my next book of shadows. It was made in the year 2000 um, before. And it's, you know, a Harry, cover, uh, Harry Potter hardcover like notebook with parchment colored pages. So I began to fill this book in the exact same way. Just writing in page after page of information and symbols and herbs and spells that I didn't create, but that I, I found online and thought were cool. When I look through, I can count how many of those spells I ever used on one hand. <laughs> um, the turning point with that grimoire, Book of Shadows, was when I used it as a journal for the first time. So... I needed surgery to remove a cyst that had become an abscess from my tailbone. TMI, but being 15 and having surgery on your butt crack is not super fun. Not super fun. So leading up to the surgery, uh, you know, I was lying on my stomach for a whole week and I decided to look through my grimoire to see if there was anything I could do to kind of speed the healing process um, or to maybe avoid needing surgery altogether. So you see all of a sudden, the writing in this book, which had just been, you know, regular pen or pencil, switches to green pen because green is the color of healing. I compiled some of the correspondences specifically for healing and I began using them. Uh, I remember using that green pen to draw healing symbols on my skin. And I used other spells in the book as like a template to kind of help me craft a little invocation. I could say out loud while I did that. Then I started writing in it every day, but I would note the magical correspondences of the day and note how those elements popped up in my events of that day. This made a small charm bag of healing herbs, but from like our spice cupboard, right? <laughs> and uh, prayed to some goddesses associated with healing to help me out. This was, this was different. This was different than anything else you'd seen in my Book of Shadows at that point. Since then, every grimoire of Book of Shadows I've had has been used as a diary or journal specifically for magical experiences or times when I turned to spirituality when I enlisted magical aid. Uh, I see entries about struggling with insomnia and creating a little regiment of lavender and amethyst to help. Uh, there's entries about my first meetups with a local pagan group and a study group and some sabbats I attended with them. You know, it's, it's wild. You can really see um, there are entries from 2002 and 2004 and then 2008 and 2009 <laughs> And looking back, these are just humongous years in my life where I experienced a lot of challenges, a lot of changes, a lot of growing up. Um, and in those times, I reached for my trusty grimoire to help me through it, which I think is kind of interesting. So you see the list of correspondences and reference materials are great. But what's even better is how you use those things. Maybe for you, green is not the color of healing. Maybe some of those stones or herbs have other associations for you when you actually get them in your hand. Maybe your full moon experiences are totally different than what you find in books or, or online. And that's great. That's amazing. That's the stuff that should really go in your grimoire. Your correspondences, your meanings, and your magic. And that is what I am hoping will end up in your copy of the Grimoire Journal if you decide it's for you.
So let's talk about the book for a minute because I'm super excited. Super excited. Um, this book was super challenging for me to write. Like I, it was so, so hard. Um, even more so than Green Witchcraft because I wasn't just sharing information. You know, I was trying to prompt you to find or to share information. And my very Capricorn brain had a really hard time wrapping itself around the idea that everyone who reads it will write something different. You know, every spell for road opening or to clear writer's block would look different, sound different, use different ingredients. I really had to work hard to let go of trying to guide you to write the spell or ritual that I would write, you know, and just try to nudge you to write something of your own. It took me a while to really get the hang of that and convince my brain to let go of trying to lead you in a particular place towards a particular destination, right? Um, of course, how challenging it was just just made it all the more satisfying to finish it and now to hold it in my hands. <laughs> it's really colorful. It's full of artwork. And hopefully you will find that it's a great guide for creating spells and rituals and recipes that really enhance your practice in your life and really, really personalize it. The book's divided into four sections or chapters. So we have summon your spells, record your rituals, relish your recipes, and make your magic. Uh, and that one is all spells and rituals and recipes that feature my favorite kind of tactile magical ingredients, which are candles and crystals. Peppered throughout the book, you will also find quotes that I chose that I find really inspirational or that highlight the magic of words and of personalizing your practice. The first quote that you see in the book uh, is by Lazara Firefox Allen from Jailbreaking the Goddess, which is a book that really changed my life and my practice and the show here and everything, right? It was really an important moment for me. So I'm really psyched that it's right at the beginning of the book. So this is how it goes. There is power in words. As workers of magic, we must believe this if we believe anything. I love that quote. Um, and I like that, you know, even outside of magic, there is power in words. There is power in how you speak, how you express yourself in the words that you use, in the words that you hear. And it's great to kind of focus on the words that you use in your practice the most, the words that mean something to you, that inspire you, that get you creating magic. <sighs> I'm really excited about the quotes, actually. <laughs> I kind of thought my editors would like rein me in a little bit with these, but they were actually super encouraging and loved all the ones that I chose. Like, I was so excited that they liked some of the ones that I kind of thought they would axe, like one from the Halloween tree by Ray Bradbury for all of you other, you know, spooky Halloween witches. Um, so I'll be sharing a whole bunch of stuff like excerpts and pages and prompts and these quotes and stuff on my website and over social media uh, over the coming months. I'll be including some of these quotes in future episodes. Um, and today I'm going to be sharing a recipe for a balm of mercury, a lip or body balm that you can help, you can create to help with communication issues during mercury. Wow. Communication issues during Mercury retrograde. That's really funny that I had a hard time saying that. <laughs> We're currently in Mercury retrograde. It began on, uh, I believe, the 17th. So, yikes. Um, 
And I'm also going to help you create your own heart chakra meditation. Um, but first, let's, let's talk a little bit about how to create your own spell or ritual or recipe using all of those great little correspondence lists that live in every grimoire. Um, it's really, really easy to do this too. The first step to creating your own act of magic, of course, is to narrow down your intention. And I know you've heard this 800 times and you'll hear it 800 more times, even by the end of this episode, I'm sure. Um, so what you do is, is you write it out. What do you want? You know, do you want to attract money or protect yourself from a meddling coworkers, machinations, or get chosen for a job over other applicants? You look at those, you, you write down what your intention is, either in a list or, or in a sentence, and you can pick out keywords. You know what I mean? So let's talk about this, this bomb of mercury. What we're going to do is create the bomb and then make a spell when you're using the bomb or, you know, ritualize the act of creating the bomb. So an intention narrowing down your intention. You could write a list like um, good communication, understanding, you know, uh, honesty and truth. You could do that. You can also write it in the form of a sentence or an affirmation. So um, I came up with my throat chakra is balanced and I speak with truth and clarity. My words and intentions are understood by those around me and mercury retrograde does not phase me. So if you take that list or that statement and you turn back to those correspondence lists and charts and things, pick out those keywords. So throat chakra, what does it say in your correspondence list about the throat chakra? It says probably that it's associated with light blue, that it's associated with certain activities like speaking and singing, that it is self-expressive. Other words like balance. There are a lot of mentions of balance in magic because that is that is a big thing that we work for is balance and, and harmony truth and clarity you want to clear you know what it is that you're trying to say so what is associated with clarity with understanding those are the energies that you want to invoke with your spell so write down you know some colors if you want to use candles write down the colors of candles you need if you want to use crystals you know do the same find some that match some of these um some of these purposes you don't have to use everything that you have that's associated with these but once you have these keywords you can pick out the ingredients that you want and you can start to see like a puzzle coming together. You can start to see the pieces come together and, and the picture being created. So for this one, you're going to focus um, that really good throat chakra balance, truth, clarity, and understanding energy onto yourself and onto your words. I like to do this with an oil or with a balm, B-A-L-M, that you can apply to your lips or uh, onto the skin on your, your throat or your neck, behind your ears, whenever you need it during Mercury Retrograde. So, you know, if you have a big speech or a meeting coming up, if you are trying to do some writing and you feel like 
expressing yourself is just not working, um, or even just like a really important conversation. If you know you have to have a very important conversation, say before a therapy session, or if you are confronting someone or ending a relationship or beginning a relationship, all of those are times that you could use a little bit of aid from Mercury, especially when, you know, shit's crazy. (laughs) So you can cast a spell using the finished product, the bomb. Or you can make its creation, the creation of the bomb, an act of magic in itself. So you could make the bomb on a Wednesday, which is ruled by the planet Mercury. You could burn candles and incense aligned with Mercury. So you could use a bright yellow lemongrass candle or maybe a really clearing eucalyptus incense. You know, get some light blue candles for your throat chakra. You can create a sigil for communication that you can put on the label of your bomb. Or, you know, if you're not a physical artist, like a visual artist, you can use the symbol of Mercury, which already, you know, the astrological symbol to kind of garner some favors. There are so, so many cool possibilities. You just have to look at the things that represent Mercury to you and look at what you want to achieve with the spell and when you want to cast the spell. So you can cast a spell every time you use the bomb. You can say a little something. You can cast the spell when you are creating the bomb in the first place. You can do both. (laughs) It's up to you. So let's talk about creating the bomb. Very fun. I'm excited about this one. Um, And if you are curious when you get your copy of the Grimoire Journal, you need to go to page 74. So the bomb of mercury, here is what you will need. You will need two tablespoons of grated and packed cocoa butter, two tablespoons grated and packed beeswax, uh, a double boiler or a steel bowl with a saucepan, Uh, one tablespoon plus one teaspoon of carrier oil that you use all at once, a metal spoon, one eighth of a teaspoon of vitamin E oil or one of the gel capsules, Uh, up to 30 drops of some essential oils, a measuring cup with a spout, a small funnel, and uh, with this recipe, you'll create about six standard lip balm tubes or three to four small of the metal tins. When it comes to a carrier oil, you know, everybody's got a preference. My favorites are jojoba oil, uh, sweet almond oil, or a light olive oil. So you'll notice that I didn't mention what essential oils you'll be using. (laughs) That's the fun part, because this is where you have the chance to really personalize it. In the book, I give you like a short list of recommended oils that are aligned with mercury or that help with communication. You can choose one oil or create, you know, a custom blend that smells exactly the way that you need it. So we have eucalyptus, which helps with feelings of freedom and ability to remain cool under pressure. Peppermint, which is mentally stimulating and encourages creative self-expression. Tea tree, which is very cleansing and harmonizing. Lemongrass, uh, which is for uncrossing mixed messages and the overall chaos of Mercury retrograde. Um, Van Van oil, which is like the go-to 
to help with mercury retrograde is mainly consisting of lemongrass. Uh, and finally, we have geranium. So geranium helps with feelings of safety and a greater ability to communicate intimate and romantic emotions. So if you are having a really important conversation about a relationship with a friend or confronting feelings, geranium is a really good one to help you feel safe expressing that. So personally, I love lemongrass at Mercury Retrograde and I, in general, love mint for any sort of lip balm. The two of them together are just really, really like wide open to me if you smell. Uh, like the aroma is very wide open. Um, and I also like tea tree oil for that balancing and harmonizing vibe. But tea tree is super strong. So you really only need like five drops. If you're doing 30 drops, uh, I would use maybe 15 drops of mint and 10 drops of lemongrass because I like a little more mint. But if you don't like strong smells, you can use way less to get a super subtle scent that still harnesses the energy of these oils. There's no reason you can't just put one of each, right? So here is how you actually make your balm. First, you melt the cocoa butter and the beeswax together in a double boiler. Or if you don't have one, grab a steel bowl and set it on top of a saucepan half full of water. Uh, add in the carrier oil, oil and mix well with a metal spoon because a wood spoon will absorb some of that oil. Remove from heat and add in your vitamin E oil. This is a preservative. It actually keeps the balm and the, the essential oils inside it from spoiling. Of course, vitamin E is also super, super good for your lips and your skin anyways. So you, after that, you can add in your up to 30 drops of chosen essential oils and mix it up. And use your measuring cup with a spout or a small funnel to pour the balm while it's still nice and liquidy into the tubes or tins. If you have to reheat it up a little bit, that's okay. Um, and then leave it to cool or harden, usually overnight, depending on how hot or humid it is where you are. I like to speak my intention or hold it in my mind while I'm making it. So I'm just, you know, I'm really pushing that intention right into the very fabric of creating the magical item. So when it's done and it's, it's dried off and it's cooled off, you can add, you know, a label that has a special indication or spell or that has your symbol or sigil. But what you have is a fully functioning magic tool uh, that's infused with a very specific intention and natural allies that invoke the energy that you need. So you can perform a spell whenever you use the bomb. This is something that I would make quicker. Leave out things like candles uh, and incense. You want something that you can recite out loud or a sigil that you can focus on, a prayer that you can say, uh, something like that. I like to rub the bomb right onto my throat. I like to work with color as well. So I will imagine that my throat chakra there is glowing with this nice clear blue color. I apply it behind the ears to help me hear and understand others better. And again, you know, I'll just imagine that throat chakra light moving up along there. And then I'll apply the balm to my lips so that my words come out clear and honest. So by the end, in my mind, you know, my, my entire area ruled by the throat chakra, the mouth, ears, and the throat has been 
anointed. And that chakra is running smoothly. This really only takes a minute or two. And taking a quick minute to calm yourself down is helpful before speaking on its own anyways. It's so simple. And it's it's really, really easy to customize. Like I said, if you have a very serious conversation within a romantic relationship, you, you might want to add some geranium, make it a little flowery. If you need to advocate for the rights and freedoms of yourself or others, eucalyptus will really push that energy into your words and help you stay calm and organized. If you're not into lip balms or, or you know, beeswax or anything, you can also use these oils to create a magical oil blend instead or, you know, maybe a room spray. You can gather the dried plant matter and create a loose incense or a charm bag. There's lots of different ways to take this particular, <laughs> this particular item and this particular um, spell and adapt it to whatever works best for you. Uh, in section four of the book, you know what? I actually talk about skull-shaped candles and crystals, which are really, really good for facilitating communication. And an oil blend applied to a skull candle on a Wednesday or at the beginning of Mercury retrograde could be a super powerful spell that looks really cool. <laughs> Sometimes you want the spell to look really cool. I find when I'm doing any sort of spell for self-expression or creativity, having a spell that looks really neat and, and really involved, not just the creativity of my mind, but of my hands as well to just add a little something extra. Now, a quick note about the carrier oil I mentioned. People love coconut oil. They love it. So when you go to choose a carrier oil to make your own bomb, that might be the one you reach for. Unfortunately, <laughs> I have no idea how coconut oil will function in any of the recipes in the Grimoire Journal. Fun fact, I am allergic. <laughs> it's not a super serious allergy, but since coconut is in like, you know, all body products ever, um, I tend to avoid adding any extra and I didn't test it out with these recipes. Uh, I recommend sweet almond, which is my favorite, jojoba or light olive oil. Those are the ones I just use the most, so they're the ones that I tried. If you have issues with acne or you have um, a more oily skin complexion, I recommend the jojoba, which is non-comedogenic, which means it's not going to cause pimples or breakouts. That one's, if you are nervous about putting oil on your skin, jojoba is probably the, the oil that I would use. If you do try any of these recipes with coconut oil, and it goes really great. <laughs> or if you find, you know, certain adjustments are in order, if someone wants to use coconut, please feel free to shoot me an email at fatfeministwitch at gmail.com. And I'm going to share it with, with other coconut loving witches. And yeah, before you ask, it sucks being allergic to coconut. <laughs> I don't have a lot of food allergies. I'm very fortunate in that way. I am allergic only to coconut and get this bullshit macadamia nuts. What the hell? So of course, I'm obsessed with like the South Pacific and, and really dream of retiring on Easter Island, Rapa Nui, after I visit Hawaii, Samoa, New Zealand, Fiji and Tahiti. And I plan to eat every single delicious meal <laughs> that anyone offers me. Whatever universe, thanks a lot. <sighs> Whatever. I'm still gonna have a coconut palm on my small plot on Rapa Nui where I can watch the stars rise over the Moai. So there, universe, so there. 
<laughs> so I hope this showed you, you know, just how simple it can be to create a very personal magical spell or recipe or ritual for any purpose. That bomb recipe, of course, can be made for anything else. If you want it to be a love spell, a really, you know, you want to encourage some kissing, you can add nothing but really romantic oils like jasmines and rose. If you want something that is protective, you can add, like, you can get a, a black pepper essential oil that's super, super neat and maybe add a dark color to it. The world is your oyster. <laughs> So in the, in the Grimoire Journal, there's space to reflect on the bomb that you create, how it worked, and uh, things that you might want to change next time so you can keep track. You might find that other oils really say truth and communication to you. Or maybe when you look at your correspondence list, you, you see stuff that I didn't mention. Maybe you want to add that color or create it on a different day that feels powerful. You know, write that stuff right in there. It's okay if it's kind of messy. It's okay if your recipe goes on for three pages because you're listing all of the adjustments you've made. That's cool. Get into the habit of trusting your thoughts and feelings and intuitions about magic and about your practice. If you ever feel like you can't find a spell or a ritual for something that's, that's important to you, create one. It can be full of stuff like creating a bomb or dressing a candle. Or it can just be words of power that you say to yourself, even if you just say them inside. There's no wrong way to be a modern witch. That's why even though I gave you some like general correspondences and ideas to get you started, throughout the Grimoire Journal, you'll find prompts and um, exercises so that you can consider what certain colors or symbols or seasons or smells uh, mean to you. You know, there's, there's tons of time to reflect on the meanings of magical um, ingredients. Another way I do that is, you know, instead of giving you a whole spell to make a money candle, I give you a list of common tools and themes and invite you to choose what makes the most sense to you. Um, I also do that, do that with some other types of rituals and spells throughout the book. And those are some of my favorites, if I'm being honest. We talk a lot about mental health here on the show, and I guess more specifically, the barriers that I came up against when I was seeking out treatment for my mental illness. I've also been very fortunate to share the strides that I've made since then, and the support that I was able to find. Sharing that with you showed me just how important it is to be able to talk about what you're going through, and to get support from someone, or many someones, who care. That's why I'm proud to have BetterHelp as one of the sponsors of the show. BetterHelp is an online service that can connect you with real licensed therapists who can be available to talk on your schedule and right where you are. They have four different ways to communicate, text, chat, phone, and video calls. And there are professionals with a wide range of specialties. So there's a really good chance that you can find someone who's perfect for you all without having to leave home. Everything's confidential. If you ever feel like your counselor is just not the right fit for you, you can switch right away. There's no charge. This service is very affordable compared to in-person therapy, and they even offer financial aid for those who need it. It's okay to need help sometimes. You deserve to get better, and you can start that journey at betterhelp.com slash fatfeministwitch to save 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash fatfeministwitch.
Wild magic grew out of a fascination for herbalism, a love of witchcraft, and a passion for creating natural, chemical-free products that honor our bodies and the earth. All items are handmade by Clarissa Camp with you and Mother Earth in mind. Made with love, purpose, and a sprinkle of magic, we craft intentional products for mindful witches who have a profound relationship with the planet. Our ritual bath salts and sprays are crafted with herbal and mineral ingredients to support your magical intentions, cleanse your sacred space, provide protective barriers, or just bring a beautiful chemical-free scent to your body or your home. So visit our website to learn more and check out our herbal-infused body butters, lip balms, and healing salves, because right now listeners of the Fat Feminist Witch podcast can get 20% off by going to thewildmagic.com slash fatfeministwitch and entering promo code fatfemwitch20 at checkout. So although we use, you know, spell and ritual kind of interchangeably, the main difference in creating spells and rituals is the timing and the frequency. So the spell is an individual act of magic, but rituals are practiced more than once or over a length of time because the magic needs to build up. The more you do a ritual, the better you'll get at it, the more you'll get from it, and the more personal it will be. In the ritual section of the Grimoire Journal, you create things like daily rituals for, for dressing, animal, annual celebrations, holidays, birthdays, magic of moon phases, and connecting with the earth and sky, which are constant in our lives and, and great for accessing at any time. So how often you do a ritual depends entirely on you and on your intention. You could ritualize making or using the bomb of mercury. Mercury does go retrograde three times a year. So you could pay attention to when it's coming and on, you know, the day it begins or maybe the Wednesday before it begins, you could create your bomb of mercury. You could include the astrological phase that, you know, mercury is moving through to make them all different. It's up to you. Other kind of, you know, standard rituals are ones that follow the lunar phases, like taking a ritual bath every full moon, or astrological seasons, like doing tarot readings on those days that it changes every month. So I just did a cancer season tarot reading, and that was great. Um, and then, of course, daily rituals, like dream journaling or a, a daily meditation practice. I love daily rituals, but I also find them difficult to keep up with. I set alarms to help me remember. <laughs> uh, I don't have a lot of every single day identical rituals for this reason. I'll just forget. I like yearly rituals and holidays the best. But one thing that helped me create daily rituals is using the magical associations of each day of the week to inspire what I will focus on for that day. Technically, every day I ritualize an aspect of the day's magic, but, you know, on Monday, associated with the moon, it might be wearing purple and doing divination. And on Wednesday, which we know is Mercury's day, uh, you know, I'd probably be wearing kind of wacky colors or something that doesn't quite match patterns um, and putting my energy into talking and into self-expression and thought. Friday, tomorrow, is associated with the planet Venus. So its energy is romantic and watery and a little bit, you know, languid. It's date night for a reason. <laughs> so a good Friday ritual 
is to do work that focuses on or strengthens your heart chakra. So in the grimoire journal here in the other chapter here, so on page 50, uh, what I have is, is a entry for you to create your own heart chakra meditation. When your heart chakra is out of alignment or, you know, is not working properly, you might struggle uh, to forgive people that you love, um, find it difficult to feel satisfied in your relationships, find it difficult to, to see positive things about yourself. To create your meditation, you're going to just use things associated with the heart chakra. So I recommend making a four minute meditation because the heart chakra is your, your fourth chakra. So some general themes, we have emerald green and pale pink as the colors of the chakra. Either one works great. Um, bells and music are very associated with your heart chakra and are said to open up the chakra and balance it. We have themes of compassion and forgiveness and love. Romance, inner peace, empathy, surrender, touch, um, the ah sound, ah, you could do something like a chant. Think of some other things that you associate with Venus or with love or with the heart. Pick a few of them and start to create a meditation based on those things. Maybe you want to visualize something. So pick your emerald green and your pale pinks and some symbols of the heart chakra or of love. Maybe you want to create music or listen to something. You can use your bells and the awe sound and, and notes associated with the heart chakra. You could repeat that meditation every Friday or whenever you want to be more heart-centered. Or every Friday, you could mix and match those vibes and, and that imagery to create a different meditation. It's really about what you know you could commit to and that would enrich your life and practice. Now, we talked about a recipe to create a magical tool, right? And to create your bomb. But there are obviously other kinds of recipes and they're food. Making a food recipe and turning it into something magical is very easy. Get out those correspondence lists again and look up the magical associations for whatever food that you're consuming, or maybe the, the blend of spices that you're using in your dish. So one recipe I'm really uh, proud of <laughs> in the book, because it took me a while to create this, was um, it's called Enchanted Heart Hibiscus Tea. And it's, a, it's an iced tea that combines hibiscus flowers for tea and mango nectar. In India, where mangoes are native, the fruit of the mango tree is known as kamang or the embodiment of Cupid. In Hawaii, hibiscus flowers are traditionally worn behind the right ear to indicate a woman is single and looking to fall in love. Um, and behind the left ear indicates that she's off the market, <laughs> but still full of love because she's got that symbol of love right there on her. So what you do is you, you take these ingredients that are already associated with love and brew love into the recipe. So to activate your potion after you create it, um, you speak or you sing about love as you're making it. 
Now you can put, you know, a love song on the Spotify and sing along. You can write your own song. You can recite a poem. You can, you know, do whatever. If you're not a singer, you can just say words of love or you can focus on some of those, those heart chakra um, associations we just talked about. Now that recipe can be made without any magical intention, of course. Um, but to apply magical intention really just you just have to do it. You have to find out what the associations are or sense what you believe the associations are. Maybe hibiscus doesn't mean love to you. Maybe it's something else. Or maybe it's not very romantic love. Who knows? But you you, you consider those correspondences and then you put your intention into the recipe. One interesting thing you can do is look up spice blends. Um, we use a lot of spice blends. You might not even know you're using a blend of spices. You might think it's a single spice. Um, but we use a lot of spice blends in cooking, all of us. And the individual spices in those blends all have magical properties. So if you want to create, if you want to cook a dish for somebody, um, maybe you want to make a dish for somebody to help them feel better if they're ill. You can use foods that bring on healing or, you know, if it's a, if it's a cough or a cold, you know, bring on stuff that's really good for the lungs or that's associated with the lungs or that's, you know, ruled by those chakras. It's a great way to infuse magic into the, the food and the drinks that you consume and that you serve to other people. One question I get a lot about making your own spells and rituals is people think that you have to be, um, you have to be advanced, super advanced in some way to create spells or rituals, you know, that you need to start with ones that other people have created and move on to creating your own from there or wait to create your own until way later. And while I think for some people this is helpful, um, I, for example, that's how I work. And that's how I work with a lot of things, even cooking. I like to find a recipe that I think sounds great, try it out according to the recipe the first time, and if I like it, the second time I make it, I will make it my own way. Um, and, you know, three or four times later, whatever it is I'm cooking has become my, my own personal dish. Magic, I, I work kind of the same way. I like to find a recipe or, um, you know, an idea for a spell, and to try it that way first, and then try it my own way another time. That's not for everybody. <laughs> Some people would love to just start writing spells right away because the ones they find that are written by other people don't apply to them or they, they don't work for them. Um, go for it. Absolutely. You do not need to be incredibly advanced as a witch to write a spell or a ritual. Like I said, these can be super simple things. You can create your own symbol. You can meditate on a single image. You can, you might not have any witchy stuff and you can still create spells and rituals because you can use words. You can use paper and pens. You can, you know, use fire or the water from your tap or from the rain. You know, there's whatever you have access to are your strong magical tools use them. If you can't find spells that work for you, that um, work for your intentions, your morals, your values, if you can't find spells that include ingredients that, that grow where you are, 
start exploring that stuff. One thing about um, a lot of witch books, I'm in the Northern Hemisphere, right? So those of you in the Southern Hemisphere, and I know I have people in the Southern Hemisphere listening, hi, um, you have different days for annual celebrations. You have different plants and animals that, that grow and that live there. You know, animals have much different associations for you if they're something that comes from where you live. What I associate with kangaroos, for example, and what someone from Australia associates with kangaroos would be incredibly different. If you can't find anything written by a Southern Hemisphere writer, don't think all is lost. You know, get out there. Get out there and explore some of the plants that live there. You know, learn a little bit about your natural environment and start holding that stuff in your hand if possible. Visit living plants and, and see what kind of energy you get from them. Um, write about plants, make art about them, or the animals, or the flavors, or the tastes, or the songs, or the sounds. All of that stuff is magical, even if you don't find it in a magic book. That was what I kept thinking to myself about the Grimoire Journal. You know, this book, every time someone gets this book, it instantly stops being something that I wrote and becomes something that, you know, we've created together. So in some way, you are also the author of the Grimoire Journal. Way to go. Um, <laughs> and so I'm, I'm really excited. I'm really excited to see what people come up with. I'm excited to see how different all of the spells and the rituals that people create based on, you know, these little bits of information that I'm able to share. I think it's, I'm very excited about it. Maybe you guys can't tell. <laughs> I'm very excited about it. Very excited about this book. So, um, yeah, the Grimoire Journal. It comes out in the middle of July. I hope you guys check it out. Um, you can pre-order it right now, just about anywhere you buy books. And starting next week, I will actually have um, a special exclusive little gift for um, anyone who pre-orders and, and sends me their confirmation. So keep an eye out for that. Just a little incentive. Uh, if you need more incentive, if you order it after it comes out, oh my god, it's gonna get there so late. Every damn time. Just outrageous. I, I ordered, I pre-ordered something like a day early, and it took a month to get here. So I just... <laughs> pre-order. It's the way to go. So that was just about everything I had for you guys today about spells and rituals and about the Grimoire Journal. I hope that um, you leave here inspired and excited to create something for yourself. Now, even if you don't um, end up feeling like the Grimoire Journal is for you, these tips obviously apply to your own grimoires, your own journals, your own notebooks, your books of shadows. And I still would absolutely love to see um, any of that that you're willing to share. So I have a hashtag that I made called Grimoire Journaling. And if you want to share anything um, about the creation of your grimoire or about personalizing your magic on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, use the hashtag. And uh, I'd love to see it. I'm always interested to see the differences um, in the way all of us witches 
think about and create magic. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Fat Feminist Witch podcast today. This is our last episode of June, and I will be back July 9th with a brand new episode. And you can find out more about that on my website, thefatfeministwitch.com, or you can find me all across social media. Search The Fat Feminist Witch, and I'm usually the first one that comes up. If you would like to support the podcast, you can go to my website and make a small donation by clicking Buy Me a Coffee. You can join The Witch and Bitch, the private monthly membership group through Patreon, so patreon.com slash thefatfeministwitch. And if you have a witchy product or service that you think could help or enlighten my listeners, you can go to advertisecast.com slash thefatfeministwitch and find out how to get an ad here on the show. I hope you all have a fantastic weekend. Welcome to cancer season. Happy birthday, all you cancer witches out there. And I will see you all in July.